What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke, and, of course, co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the TSK Show, Jacob and I are in studio, and Tyler will be joining us by phone as the place we record, aka the office where Jacob and I work at, is restricting access to only people who have key cards as a way to try to help stop the spread of the coronavirus. We are going to discuss a few things tonight. First, we'll discuss the sports world shutting down exactly seven days ago. We'll also talk about the big news coming out of NFL free agency, as that is about the only thing in sports still running since all of the leagues have suspended most operations. To close the show, we'll continue a conversation we were having last week about the top 25 NBA players under the age of 25 and reveal our own personal lists. All right, let's start the show. What's going on, Jacob? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Just trying to stay safe out there, washing my hands a lot. Oh, yeah. Wash those hands. Uh, what is it, 20 seconds, 30 seconds? 20 seconds, I believe. But I think I've been doing it about every 20 seconds I've been washing my hands. I feel and like. hand sanitizer. Look, right here. Oh, you got my, some. My own bottle. You got some. Yeah, this one is uh, Green Apple. Yes. Uh, Tyler, how you doing, man? You know, just chilling in quarantine. Oh, living that quarantine He's life. Practicing the social distancing. Lots of 2K. Bro, I've been playing so much Uh, 2K. Lots of 2K and old highlights, right? Yes, sir. I was watching watching the 96 finals the other night. Oh, that must have been a lot of fun. Did you see that NBA League Pass is giving out viewers free access to it? Yes, till April 22nd. That is the greatest thing. I did did not, but I'm making a note of that right now. Yeah, write that down and go go download the app. If you have an NBA... Yeah, that's cool. If you have an NBA.com account you should have received an email saying that NBA League Pass is going to be free until April 22nd. So that's really cool that the NBA is doing that. Um, But, yeah, no, it's wild, wild times we are living in, fellas. Uh, Weird, man. It's like a movie. Yeah, no, for real. Uh, Clearly, listeners, as you can hear, Tyler is not in studio. He is at home on the phone. Uh, where we record the office that Jacob and I work at has restricted access. We basically locked down our office to only people with key cards, so we can't technically bring Tyler in the building. So um, I'm not essential personnel. Yeah, basically that's that's well. A, well, to this show you are. You're definitely essential that's personnel. Why to us. The show still must go on. <laughs> yes. That's why you're on the phone. Yes, the show must yeah, go yeah, on. Sure. So we we found a, ma- a way to make it work, and. It'll probably be like this for the foreseeable future. Hopefully it's not too long. But uh, 
we don't know, but we're going to try and navigate this whole situation together. And we thought it'd be appropriate to kind of give a rundown of the events that have taken place over the last week in the sports world. So one week ago today, the NBA found out that Rudy Gobert had tested positive for the coronavirus and right before tip-off in Oklahoma City between the Utah Jazz and the Thunder, the game was postponed. It was eventually announced later that night that the NBA would be suspended for the next 30 days. The NBA would become the first American sports league to stop operations because of the coronavirus. And the night after, when there was supposed to be NBA games, TNT still went on with a special edition of Inside the NBA, and Ernie Johnson put together a pretty good summary of the events that took place. So, Jacob, why don't you uh, hit that? Sport and everything that goes into it, from graceful artistry to compelling theater, has always held a place of distinction in the American culture. It's provided an escape, a pleasant distraction from the issues of the real world. Now, suddenly, sport has become a focal point in a worldwide battle against an opponent uncommon, unseen, and unnerving. In the span of roughly 24 hours, the nation received a presidential update on this threat. And shortly thereafter, an NBA game was postponed when a first-time All-Star became the first player to test positive for the coronavirus. A revelation which prompted the league to abruptly suspend its season. As that hiatus began, other sports would follow suit. Another NBA player's positive test result was revealed. And while games and tournaments were scrapped, two college basketball teams playing an early afternoon game went to their locker rooms at halftime, but would not return to the court. It is a virus that has touched many facets of life as we know it, and has claimed lives around the world. Its path, uncharted, remains shrouded in uncertainty, as is the immediate future of what had been a refuge from the real world the sports world so as of sunday march 15th that video you just heard was from thursday the 12th so as of march 15th adrian wojnowski of espn reported that after multiple conference calls with the league health professionals and team owners the NBA is preparing for at least a three-month hiatus with a return in mid-June as the best-case scenario. Woj said the league is pursuing possible arena dates into late August and that some teams have even expressed the willing willingness to play games at practice facilities. Just earlier tonight, Adam Silver was on with ESPN's Rachel Nichols on SportsCenter and he kind of gave an update on kind of the criteria of what the NBA is looking for to restarting games. And then we can kind of get into a conversation about what we think that could potentially look like. So um, it is kind of a 
lengthy clip. It, it's about three minutes, but I thought it would be good to give uh, perspective coming from Adam Silver just earlier tonight. What is the point where you're going to feel, okay, we can actually talk about resuming? Well, to, to your point about not predicting the future, I, I, I've certainly learned sort of in this job and in this process that when people do pretend they can predict the future, they're generally wrong. And I'd say look no further than the fact that certainly two weeks ago and even a week ago, people are saying very different things than they're saying today. And so, of course, one of the things that we're very focused on at the league office and together with our teams is what are the conditions we would need to restart. And, and I'd say I'm looking at three different things here. One is, of course, when can we restart and operate as we've known it, 19,000 fans in buildings, and sort of that's one set of criteria. Then option two is, how would we re should we consider restarting without fans, and what would that mean? Because presumably, um, if you had a group of players and staff around them, and you could test them, and you could follow some protocol, doctors, health officials may say it's safe to play. So that's sort of second set of circumstances. And then a third option that we're looking at now, and I would say all suggestions welcome, is that as I sort of beginning of this interview, I've mentioned the impact to me on the national psyche of having no sports programming on television. And one of the things we've been talking about, are there conditions in which a group of players could compete? You know, and maybe it's for a giant fundraiser or just for the collective good of the people that you take a, a subset of players and is there a protocol in which um, they can be tested and quarantined and, or isolated in some way and then they can com compete against each other just because again people are stuck at home and I think they need a diversion they need to be entertained and and I just add to that point one of the th the thoughts I've heard from you know several of our teams and something I've been thinking about a lot is you know to the extent we were we were the first to shut our league down in what way can we be a first mover to help restart the economy because I, I again I would just add is when you think about public health of course shutting down the economy in I'm not criticizing the fact that we're doing it right now we're I'm following whatever the directives are but there's no doubt that shutting down the economy is a, a public health matter as well I mean just in the case of the NBA when you include all our day of game workers in our arenas just the MBA accounts for roughly 55,000 jobs. And so it's like, I think we all have to be thinking collectively what the right balance is. And I, and I know, of course, this is the obligation of government officials. When will it be okay to sort of come back out of our homes and say it's, it's time to re-engage with each other? And as I said, when I look at the options, maybe we can do this incrementally. The first step isn't um, games with you know, thousands of people in the arenas, but maybe it's just games. So Tyler, what uh, are your initial like thoughts or reaction to the NBA going on basically a three month hiatus and hearing what Adam Silver had to say right there about what they're looking for to resume games basically? Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, first of all, shout out Adam Silver in the NBA. Always kind of just like leading the charge as far as like the sports world go, in my mind. Best league in the world. Uh, shutting it down first. You know, they didn't pull. You know, a lot of people were critical of the NCAA for kind of trying to milk milk it as long as they could. 
NBA is not that league. So first off, shout out Silver for handling it 100%. in a timely manner. Um, you know the the whole like subset of players. You know, like in a, in a controlled environment. I'm not necessarily that big. I think on that. I think that I would rather have games without fans. Um, but uh, you know, it's either you got to cut. You either got to cut this season short or cancel it all together, or you got to cut the next season short and, you know, finish this season late or, you know, it, those are kind of really, it's, it's going to affect this season and next season. And so just kind of trying to figure out what the best way to do that is, is kind of the, the ultimate goal. Yeah, totally. And you heard uh, in the clip, Adam Silver talk about teams, some teams even willing to play, games with no yeah. fans at practice facilities i think that would be a very unique experience especially on television some of the camera yeah. angles you could get to kind of enhance the experience watching a game well, that's the, taking place in a practice facility i mean these ki- these are kids i mean for the most part the nba is you know under 25 um and so it's like they were used to playing in gyms like that they're used to playing in a gym where there's a t- game going on or on the court next to them you know what i mean so it's just like play them in the practice facility. Do whatever you got to do um, to try to try to salvage this season, you know. But at the end of the day, we might not, you know, it might end up in a cancellation, which is what they're trying to avoid. But you know, you you don't want to, you kind of want to like slow the bleeding, and you know, you don't want it to affect next season as well. Right. Okay. So speaking of the calendar and basically affecting next season and hopefully not losing this season um after the initial report that Woj dropped about the potential three-month hiatus that nba teams are preparing for bobby marks from espn put out his best case scenario in his opinion and i want to read it to you guys and then i want to get your guys's opinion on what you think the league should ultimately end up doing So from Bobby Marks, he says that you should just cancel the regular season, end it where it was postponed at, restart whenever you can with the playoffs immediately, and hopefully hopefully this would be his timeline. Mid-June, you start the NBA playoffs. Early August is the NBA finals. The end of August is the NBA draft. September 1st would be the start of free agency. September 10th would be the fall league, which would be the summer league equivalent for those rookie sophomore on the cusp guys. So summer league equivalent, then December 10th training camp opens. And then you have opening night, December 25th, Christmas day. Bobby Marks wants to squeeze 82 games in from December 25th to mid June when the NBA season would end with the finals again in June. So basically that would make the next season start on time. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts in that. Um, First off, I just do not believe that you can jump to the playoffs from where you left off. I think that you either got to finish 82 games for the 2020 season, or you got to cancel it. You can't, it's just due to like the teams that are in ninth, 10th place eighth ninth tenth place you can't just finish the season now you know what i mean i I just feel like that's completely unfair um but they had they had like 60 games to to right the ship already if they're in eighth ninth tenth place but but, but as far as seating goes though 
that was knowing that was knowing that you got 82. Okay. You know what I mean? That's that's a retrospective idea. I just feel like if you're going to have playoffs for the 2020 season, you have to finish 82 games. Yeah, you no. I was just playing devil's advocate right there. I was just no, no, no. I, 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 I mean, I, I understand. I mean, this is this is a big time pinch. Um, I think, like you know, in my mind, if I was Adam Silver, my my goal would to be to try to finish the twenty season games or twenty twenty season with eighty two games, um, and then do some sort of playoff. Now, with the playoffs, I would probably cut the first round to a five game series, possibly even the second round. At least the first round cut to a five game series. Um, try to you know just try to get in try to get in as good high quality playoffs as you can, and then for the next season, the twenty twenty one season, I would really consider going to you know the fifty game layout that we had in two thousand ninety nine two thousand, or you go to the what was it sixty six games, you know a handful of years ago, and just instead of instead of like you know instead of cutting this season, cut next season where everybody knows it's going to be cut. It's kind of a fair playing field that way. And then you can finish out 82 this season, get the playoffs in, start next season late, and and get a full season in that everybody kind of, like, knows what's going on. Yeah, see, I, I think it's just tough to where, where you even start this. And honestly, I agree a lot with Tyler saying about the scheduling because – as far as as far as the NBA was con- was concerned, there some of their teams are already set as far as playoff seedings, but you didn't know who your seventh and eighth seeds were. So I think it'd be unfair to to just cut it right now. If if you're gonna have the yeah. playoffs, at least continue the season. But it is tough because if yeah. you do want to start this NBA season the next season, if you want to start it on Christmas Day and then still get your 82 games in, that's gonna be way that's- too hard. That's yeah, no, unreal. I yeah. I mean, I think because then you're for sure going to have back to back to backs, which it was like that when the NBA had its lockout. Right. The yeah. the players. I, mean, I don't what, like 30. You're like 35 games in by by Christmas. Exactly. I mean, it's yeah. Just, it's just unrealistic, I think, in my mind to have, you know, if you want to have opening tip on on Christmas, that's fine. But make it a 50 game season. Yeah. See, I like that. Yeah, o- really, open I'm, open the season on Christmas Day, because to be honest, that's when it in my opinion that's when really the starts. real basketball starts yeah. on christmas day and it's already an iconic day for basketball but yeah like tyler's saying why don't you just cut the season short and then start it on that day yeah and i also just, think you'd just, get just, put you'd get pushback from the players trying to squeeze 82 games in from december to april may whatever it would be before the start of the playoffs it's just not it's just not realistic and you know, I think that I think that if you open next season up to where everybody knows, like, hey, this is a 50, 60, 65 game season, that it's an even playing field. I just do not believe everything. Everything inside of me is like, you cannot start the playoffs from the standings right now. That is just not fair. I think you got to blow. You got to throw all credibility out the window if that happens. It's just an asterisk year in that sense. So you know, got to finish eighty two this year if. If you're going to finish, yeah, if it's it. possible, though, that's the thing is that you don't yeah. know how long this virus is going to continue. No, and no, so it, right uh, now, that's really up in the air. You don't know if this is going to bleed into the NFL season and that's going to ax that out, too, as well. So as far as the NBA absolutely. season goes, they don't really know. Right. So here's no, no. cancel or play 82. And I really do. I really like the idea of a, a five game series in the playoffs. I can really dramatically cut down the time of the playoffs yeah that's ideal you can still get a a high quality product 
Yeah, I definitely think five-game series in the early rounds of the playoffs is definitely something the NBA would look at if they were to continue the NBA season. Now, my idea, and I tweeted it out the other night, I think as sad as it is, I think you just have to chalk this season up that's, as a that's loss. That's what I'm saying. You got to cancel the NBA season, cancel the playoffs. There's no champion this season. You just, in the record books, 2020, there's no champion because of coronavirus suspending the rest of the season. You got to hope that next season starts on time. And if it doesn't, use that timeline I described with Bobby Marks's timeline. Hope the regular season will start by Christmas, except you can't, like we were just saying, you can't squeeze 82 games into a regular season that starts on Christmas. I think it would have to be the 66-game season like it was after the lockout in 2011. Yeah, you would just be screwed for, what, two years, roughly? Two seasons. Two seasons would kind of be well, messed no, up. Well, no, I don't and, even... And, and, even if you got a shortened season, that'd be one season loss. Yeah, right, exactly. exactly. You throw this one away, you at least get next season. It's a little bit shorter, but you still get half of a season. The 2020-19... Or the 2019-2020 NBA season ended on March 11th, 2020, because of the coronavirus. Yeah, no, there were no playoffs played. There's no champion. Yeah, no champion. And hope you start the next regular season on time in October. Hopefully this virus is gone by then. If not, you hope it starts by Christmas and then you go to the 66 game season and you still have the finals in June and end in the middle of June. So we can get back on track for the season after I'm not so much worried yeah. about the season of when it's going to start or whatever. Even if you just end the season right now, I think the only issue that I'm thinking about as far as the draft is how do those players come into the draft? How do they get selected? Are you going to be able to take players from this previous draft class or what would have been this draft class next year? Because I don't know if they hold it in the fall or do you just wait the, no, next, I the think, next year? I think they were, I think if they cancel the NBA season right now, they would still try and have the draft in June with which which is tough though because a lot of the a lot of the people in in the draft class and as you've seen in years prior names get brought up in the tournament yeah so that's the so, next yeah, that's thing. just a lot that's I mean, we, that's we lost, that's way too tough to judge players just based yeah. off on the regular season so i'm glad i'm glad you brought up march madness so that'd be that's the next thing we'll talk about is well, hold up really quick i just wanted to say first of all i agree with score i think at the end of the day, you probably just got to cancel this league. And second of all, for the draft, I think you just got to you got to just do the best you can and draft. And you know, it sucks about the March Madness, but we'll talk about that now. Yeah. So the NCAA ends up canceling March Madness and all winter and spring sports championships. So they're just canceling the entire spring season for all teams. Obviously, with March Madness being canceled, that means the TSK Show Bracket Challenge we had been planning is canceled, which sucks, but hopefully we'll bring it back next year. Um, what I did think was cool that the NCAA was doing was granting an extra year of eligibility to seniors for spring sports, but it was reported today that it's unlikely that seniors from winter sports will be granted that yeah. extra year of eligibility. I think which you should be. I think winter and spring seniors should be awarded an extra year of eligibility because the winter seniors had their seasons cut short uh, by no fault of theirs. Uh, but 
losing March Madness is huge. It may, I mean, March Madness is a billion dollar enterprise in itself. Yeah, it's a moneymaker for all of these colleges. So it's. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I think losing March Madness was one of the first things that really opened everybody's eyes. You know, as, as far as I think it was Tuesday, it was Gobert got sick, and then NCAA, you know, said they were going to postpone tournament, eventually cancel it. I mean, that's like. I mean, when, when people are canceling billion-dollar events, that's when you know you got to start taking stuff seriously. Yeah, once the NBA made the announcement that they were shutting down the season, I think that's when other it got sports, real. Other sports really had to just follow. Yeah, no, the whole world. I yeah. Mean, it, it, it was crazy. It was just like one athlete got it, and then everyone's like, oh, shit, this is real. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the eligibility thing, man, I just it, it's tough for me to, like, it's tough for me to say some senior that played 25 games can come back next year, you know. Now, it doesn't really hurt. It doesn't really hurt anybody um, in the sense that, like, no one really loses out in that, you know, because, like, the team gets to bring back a senior. The senior gets to play his senior year. But it's just like, man, I, I, I just – I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I think college sports are kind of, like, special in the sense you got four years to do it. And although this was out of their control, they're really only missing out on the tournament, you know. I, I, I don't think there's enough missed. You know, if you play one game, get hurt, that's a year of eligibility. I, I, I don't yeah. think you're going to get a – you're not going to get a gray shirt out of playing, like, one game and getting hurt. You're, you're, that was the season. So, it's a little cutthroat mentality, but I just believe that's just the way you got to do it. And to be honest with you, I think that since this whole coronavirus thing has happened in the world of sports, um, seniors in high school and seniors in college have probably been the biggest thing on my mind. I mean, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's devastating. It's your whole world. So, you know, I'm not completely cold to it, but I also don't think that the NCAA needs to give winter athletes another year of eligibility. Spring is completely understandable because you never stepped on that, that field, that court or whatever it is you play on. Yeah. Did you see what Scott Van Pelt is doing on sports center the next couple of nights? with like senior night yeah yeah no that's 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 really cool and like all these people deserve all this you know what i mean and it's because especially seniors i mean yeah you want to feel bad for all the athletes but everybody that's played sports uh, knows how special a senior year is it's kind of you know you're going away party and it sucks to have it cut short but at the same time that's you know why sports are so special you never know when when your time's up yeah, no. So basically what Scott Van Pelt is doing, he basically is having college and high school seniors that had their seasons cut short because of uh, everything that's happening with the coronavirus and schools getting shut down, athletic events and gatherings and all of that basically getting banned. Um, he's basically having them submit videos and he's featuring them on SportsCenter, which is a really cool gesture. He's I mean, Scott Van Pelt's one of the best no, in the I business. Mean- yeah, no, I mean he's a stand-up dude, and that's that's awesome. If they, especially if they're just showcasing seniors. Yeah. So I, I don't want to see any. Mike, I don't want to see any Mikey Williams or Bronny or, <laughs> or Iman, not, not I, Imani Bates stuff. Not I, yet. You know they got plenty of time. This is about you know college seniors, high school seniors. Yeah. So now the MLB, they were in the middle of spring training when all this went down and they have pushed back the start of their season till at least mid-may but there's some reports saying that several teams are preparing for a start of the season as late as july and 
locally, the impact on that is the Dodgers were supposed to have opening day on uh, March 26th. They were supposed to open up with brand new renovations to the stadium that I believe is getting put on hold because of all of this. And the all-star game was supposed to be in LA in July. Jeez. So if the season's not going to start in no all-star July, they're not going to have the all-star game in July. Unless, unless if you're the MLB and Rob Manfred, unless you just cut the season short, which you could do that as well. Well, but if you go with it though, you're going to bleed into January again. Yeah, and listen, most of the cities, or a lot of the cities that baseball teams are in, you can't play baseball in January. It's too cold. Yeah, no, there's going to be snow on the field. Yeah, man, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, you you guys know I'm from Seattle and Washington, and Washington's been, you know, state has been kind of hit the hardest. And one of the first pro sports teams to come out was the Mariners and say, hey, all all of our whole opening month is going to be played in their stadium. Uh, Baseball is, you know, they got to, they got to, I think baseball has the most wiggle room, you know, because of the length of their season and how they just the dynamic of the sport is, you know, I I agree with Jacob. You just got to cut that. You got to cut next season short. Yeah, definitely. You know, and just, you know, prepare as usual. You got an all-star game, do all that kind of stuff, but just shift everything. I mean, it's a pain in the ass. Don't get me wrong. And I have no idea, you know, how they go about doing stuff like this, but you got to, you got to do it. And in my opinion, if you get to the playoffs for the MLB, maybe you just cut the wild card game. Yeah, that's, I don't see, know. That's something it's, I would it's do. Not, it's not even the. I don't think the playoffs. It's just like, what do they play? Well, if you have to shorten the game? whole season, you might as well trim the playoffs as well a little bit. Yeah, no. So, no, I, and that and that helps. But I think you know when you have what is the 162 games. Yeah, it's just like just so much. You, think, you you got wiggle room there. You know, you need to play. You know, you could even do a series against every team, or, or you know, there's so many different ways you could do it. Yeah, um, I think ultimately I, the that the MLB will cut their season to at least at least a hundred games, if not under a hundred, uh, when and if they return for this year. I don't know because nobody knows what the fuck is gonna happen with this virus. But it, Tyler made a good point though; they do have the easiest. Uh, wiggle room to go about it yeah because the nba this is they were in mid-season the nfl it's getting there and they got to start you know coming up with some solutions but the mlb it was already going to get into their season and as far as next week it is into their season it hadn't really officially started yeah so it hadn't started yet so they do have the time to say hey you know what we can put in a shortened season shortened playoffs or do this or that so yeah so before basketball basketball absolutely got the uh the worst hit of all this oh for sure especially because of how deep they were into the season but before we before we talk about the nfl impact the nhl has suspended their season indefinitely i think they're going to end up canceling their season from everything that i've seen and read well they mirror the nba almost yeah uh, because i mean most of the arenas they share teams yeah so it's the nhl definitely is following the nba's lead the XFL canceled the rest of their season, and there's no way they could have predicted an international pandemic as a way to ruin their first season. Man, that hit, that hit me pretty hard. I was I was so stoked on the XFL. I really like the product they put out, and uh, you know this is this is a tough blow because it's their opening season. But to be honest with you, it could be a blessing in disguise because now they're they've got a little hype, and yeah. like, oh, the coronavirus fucked it up. You know, they don't have any like. You know, they, it, there's no, like, bad playoffs or anything like that. It's just, like, we had a good product five weeks. We got shut down. 
And then, you know, they're probably going to get guaranteed for a second season, which I think will, you know, ultimately help them out. Yeah. Now, also real quick, the PGA, the Professional Golfers Association, canceled all their events through May 10th. Actually, interestingly enough, my birthday, May 10th. But, I mean, they're canceling events. All these leagues have been put to a halt. And then the NFL, the the new league year started on time. Free agency is going on as planned. And some teams weren't happy about that. We'll talk about the moves made during free agency a little bit later, though. Um, the NFL is also making changes to the draft that's supposed to take place in Las Vegas in a little over a month. The event will stay, still take place from April 23rd to the 25th, like originally planned. But there will be no public events or public watch spaces for the draft. And I got to imagine that they aren't going to have all those people there in terms of like draftees even. Uh, Pat McAfee yeah. even suggested on his show that they should just put a camera in each team's war room and they announce their pick live themselves as a team. I thought that was a really cool idea. Obviously, that robs the draftee of the photo op and the handshake opportunity with Roger Goodell. But I think that whole photo op is going to be nixed anyway because we aren't supposed to be shaking hands with anyone right now. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see what the NFL does with the draft. Yeah, I think the NFL has got to just got to just push forward and continue as planned and, and hope that all this is going to be, you know, kind of smoothed over by September just because, I mean, I think for the most part, NFL can get away with not having a group of people together until damn near July. And so it's just like, you know, have the draft, no, no draftees, it's just the commissioner announcing picks. You got coverage in the war rooms. You know, you got coverage of players at home. And it's, it's unfortunate, but, I mean, you got. I, I just think the NFL has got to stick to their timetable and just, you know, proceed as if it's not going to affect them at all. And hopefully, as normal and, as possible. Yeah, and hopefully you wouldn't see this bleed into a preseason. But, honestly, I would just cut a couple weeks of the preseason because nobody really watches that. Well, they postponed OTAs already. Yeah, exactly. So I would I would just shave off a couple of those yeah, weeks regardless. You, no, and, and that's like, you know, I understand where you're coming from. That's an easy mix, and that'll help with time. And it's, it's not a high priority. But at the same time, it's like if you can play four games in August, you got to do it because that's just, you know, that's team's way of getting ready. That's team's way of tuning up the roster figuring out who's going to make the team and who's not it's going to give people, you know, a chance at their lives. Um, and so, you know, I, I just hope that the NFL can do everything they can to keep the timetable as close to what it normally is. Yeah. So, all right. I have a list of all of the people in the sports world that have tested positive. Uh, that we know of. Yeah, that we know of uh, as of right now. Uh, Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz, Christian Wood of the Detroit Pistons, Kevin Durant. Wood's an L.A. kid, right? I'm not sure about that. But Where's Christian Wood from? I thought he was... All right, keep going. Sorry, my bad. No, you're good. Uh, looking it up right now. Okay, Jacob, Jacob's got it. Yeah, he's from Long Beach. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I knew, I, I knew Christian Wood was the homie. Dope, all right. Well, that's unfortunate. 
so yeah, Christian Wood of the Detroit Pistons tested positive. Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets and three other unnamed Brooklyn Nets players tested positive. Crazy enough, the last team the Brooklyn Nets played before the season got suspended was the Lakers. The Lakers got tested this morning for the coronavirus. They're put on a 14-day quarantine and all of that. So it's pretty crazy. Um, Then an employee of the Cincinnati Reds spring training facility in Arizona has tested positive. Two unnamed Yankees minor league players tested positive. An Ottawa Senators player has tested positive. He's the only player in the NHL that has tested positive. And the last two teams the Ottawa Senators played were the Anaheim Ducks and the LA Kings. But both teams came out and said that no players are showing any symptoms or signs of the coronavirus as of yet. So I think they're going to closely monitor that. 15 international soccer players who play throughout multiple different European leagues and Arsenal's manager, uh, Mikel Arteta, have tested a positive. The Arsenal's manager was one of the first big names to break, right? Yeah, it was. Um and a Juventus player was uh, one of the first big name athletes. Oh, that's right. That, yeah, you're right. That's right. That's what it was. Well, the soccer league to me makes more sense because it started on that side of the co- of the country. Or well, yeah, these yeah. are these are Italian yeah. league teams. So well, of course, Arsenal's not, but of course Juventus. they're going to probably get it more. Yeah. So, fifteen you international soccer Wilson. players. What? You guys hear about Wilson, Wilson Chandler's apartment complex? Yeah, they basically wouldn't let him into his apartment complex because he's on the nets and four players tested positive. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Well, he's got to live at the yeah, arena and now. Not, and he's not even one of the guys that they named. I mean, Kevin Durant was the only one they named. Yeah, Kevin Durant's yeah, the I only mean, one that's come out and confirmed it. Because uh, they won't say yeah, the I mean, other three he, names. No, and no. dude, and... Dude, Drake is now self-quarantining because he was with Kevin Durant in L.A. Jeez. when Kevin Durant, when the Nets were playing the Lakers. He, he They were with each other, I believe, the night or two before. It's yeah, tough because Drake went watch Bronny, right? Yeah, it's yeah. tough because a lot of these teams had just played each other. Well, I mean, you can connect these teams to playing each a, other. A couple weeks. Yeah, easily. But a couple more on the list. An unnamed Seattle Dragons XFL player tested positive, so that was obviously why the XFL had canceled their season. An unnamed game official who coached the Colonial Athletic Association Conference championship game in college basketball. And then Trey Tompkins of Real Madrid's basketball club in Spain has also tested positive. So, I mean, what a what a time to be alive. And I know we aren't anywhere near health experts or anything like that, but I just want to know your guys' thoughts on what happened when you found out the the sports world has basically shut down for this foreseeable future i mean you got to imagine whether or not the olympics are going to get canceled or postponed now honestly i think it's i think it's over yeah it's over for the olympics yeah i agree they got it they're they're the you know japan's trying so desperately to not cancel but they got to cancel i mean every other league every other league outside of maybe the ufc has canceled all events yeah, and the UFC, that that was so weird to me that those fights were still happening, even without fans, but it's like we're well, we're supposed be, to be social you know, the distancing Khabib, and the the Khabib um Ferguson fight is like next up on the main card. And, well, I think that one got pushed uh, back now. No, well, New York came out they, they had they had a statement that New York canceled the fight and then they came out and said New York said no to Madison Square Garden and now it's gonna be held at Barclays. Oh wow. So who knows what's going on there? 
I just know UFC is fucking up. Yeah, I mean, but this is they, they got to cancel. I completely agree they should cancel all those events, but I mean, these are just such unprecedented times, and I mean, we we've, we've never seen something like this. No, no, not at all. Crazy. Uh, one more quick thing on the coronavirus. Uh, I wanted to bring to light, obviously, with all the cancellations of these games and whatnot the arena staff and workers and facility managers and all all of that they are out of a job basically for the time being and i have a list of the teams in all the sports that are doing things to help support those people so i mean the hawks the nets the cavaliers the mavericks uh locally the lakers the clippers along with the la kings the hockey team, all three teams, uh, and the other teams, uh, the LA Sparks that play in the Staples Center have formed a joint plan to compensate thousands of part-time and contract workers that typically staff games. Uh, the Pacers, the 76ers, the Wizards, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Love, Blake Griffin, Zion Williamson, all pledging $100,000 each to their respective arena staff employees. Uh, the the Warriors are doing something. The Raptors, the Rockets, Grizzlies, Knicks, Kings, Suns, Jazz, uh, Rudy yeah, Gobert. It's, 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 it's sad that you have to name teams. I mean, it should just be a uniform. Everybody in the league is doing Well, that. yeah. Um, yeah, but these are the first teams that stepped up and made the initiative of it, though. No, yeah, no, no, no. no well, sure. and this, and this they, all they started. Be, they should be praised for it. Yeah, and it all started with Mark Cuban. He was the first owner to yeah, really come out and say it. Uh, yep, which that, is why he's the he's the best owner in sports. Yeah, uh, but Rudy Gobert, someone who was at the center of all this, he donated five hundred thousand dollars to help uh, with relief for the coronavirus to employees in Utah. He d- donated to the Oklahoma City and French healthcare systems. So I thought that was good on him. He kind of was criticized a lot because he joked around a couple days before touching all the microphones of all the reporters, and then he ends up testing positive. He was coming, he was getting a lot of flack. The NBA decided they're not going to punish him for any of that. He comes out and donates $500,000, I think. Um, it was, it's a tough call. Initially, I thought he should have been punished, but I mean, no one really knew the severity of what was happening. Yeah, he was. I mean, slaughtered I mean, on the I internet. He, he, he's he's obviously dummy of the week, and it's like, you know, he he acted irresponsibly, and he's paying the price. I mean, he he's sick, which is like the ultimate punishment. He got the you know he got the virus, and then you know people are torched him. I I think he's been punished enough. Yeah. And then also the Spurs, the Bulls uh, round out the NBA list, the NHL, the Carolina Panthers, Pittsburgh Penguins, Chicago Blackhawks, Anaheim Ducks, Toronto Maple Leafs, New Jersey Devils, Tampa Bay Lightnings, Philadelphia Flyers. They are all taking care of their employees somehow, some way. And then in the MLB, uh, Astros star outfielder George Springer donated $100,000 to help support Minute Maid Park employees. That's the first good thing an Astros player's done in a long time. Um, and 
the only I, the only people that aren't getting sympathy during this time is the Houston Astros. Dude, I can't. Ah, they'll get a little sympathy. Quickly, real quickly, I can't believe that the MLB got suspended before an Astros player got suspended. Like a whole season got suspended before a player's, like any one of those players got suspended. Honestly, that didn't surprise me though. Baseball sucks. Yeah, uh, Trevor. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Uh, Indians pitcher Trevor Bauer started a GoFundMe with the goal of raising a million dollars for MLB game day staff, and he donated $10,000 to that GoFundMe. The Tigers are setting up a million-dollar fund. The Blue Jays are taking care of their uh, staff. And then it was announced the other day that all 30 MLB teams are donating $1 million each to support ballpark employees. So that's $30 million right there getting donated by all 30 MLB teams, which is great. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, it's just, I mean, real quick, it's just like two things. I got two perspectives in this whole thing. Is owners should be playing all these people. Agreed. I mean, every single, I mean, I think NHL, NHL and NBA, every every owner should be forking out money to all these all these employees that staff their arena. Um, and then in extent, you know, the MLB did it. And then, you know, maybe the, maybe the other leagues that come in the summer and fall, you know, fall suit. And then on top of the owners, the second thing is the players. Players do not – it's not their responsibility. Like, they should not have to fork out 100K, 500K of their money. This is the owner's thing. Now, it's a good thing. I like the uh, the gesture is, like, admirable. I mean, it's really respectable to, you know, give money. But it's like that, that, that money should not – you know, Zion Williamson's money should not contribute – part of the owners the owners should be given all the pelican people money and then what zion gave them should go on top of that yeah no, totally i completely agree with both of those sentiments that we're on the exact it, it, same page we, we got yeah we got owners that are billionaires and we got players that are millionaires yeah gail benson though gail benson the owner of the pelicans the, owns the saints too the nhl mlb nba and and uh ML, NFL, four, the four major American sports are all worth over $7 billion. So oh, easily, like, easily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, every year, that's that's their TV money. Oh, yeah. Basically. That's what they're that's what their valued worth is every year. Um, I think the NBA is at like 13, or NFL is at like $13 billion every year. Um, they need, the owners need to be paying employees and players. Players if they have it in their heart to donate, that needs to go on top of whatever the owners are paying. Yeah, and, and honestly, on the topic of owners, too, myself, I am not really the biggest Mark Cuban fan, but he was one of the first owners that I saw come out and say, hey, we're going to be devoting this program to helping all the in-arena you know in arena workers. And honestly, it's a little bit of a cliche, but when you go to these games, you don't think about these workers, who picks up the trash, who cleans up the bathrooms, no, all the concessions. You don't. You go to see the players. And like what Tyler's saying, it's not the player's responsibility to pay these people, but they also have to take into account that these people help run the stadium. Yeah, the game day operations. Yeah, exactly. You don't see what goes in game in, game out, as far as the behind the scenes. Yeah. And like no, like it, Tyler it, was it, saying, it's completely commendable that the players are putting their own money into oh, 100% it. One hundred percent, it is. It's it's the classic. It's, right, it's not their responsibility. It's the classic fight when we talk about lockouts and CBA. It's like billionaires fighting with millionaires. It's like, but that's what I'm owners, saying. I the like, owners are the billionaires. They need to be the ones paying these people. But it's what I'm saying. I like that Mark Cuban. He was one of the first people that came out and said, "Look, no, he was the first. Yeah, he he was the first. 
hey, these, these players don't have to worry about it, but we're going to be putting into a program to help support these workers. Yeah, and Kevin Mark Love. Cuban, Mark Cuban's a down-to-earth guy. I mean, he's a guy that came up in the tech industry, made his money. He's a smart guy. He's personable. And, you know, to me, he's the he's the best owner in sports, and he, he you know, he looks really good by pulling the trigger before everybody else. Yeah, and Ke- Kevin Love was the first NBA player and the first player to put his own money uh, into the pot, so that was obviously commendable. But it's like, how much is Dan Gilbert worth? You know what I mean? Right, like, exactly. Because honestly, it, on, it, on the know, players' I just, fact, I, re- I, I really hope that these owners are being held responsible, which they should. But uh, on the players' aspect of it, though, they they make a lot of money, and I know it's like not their responsibility again, but they make a lot of money to the point where they really don't have to worry about this this downfall right now. It's the it's the workers who work in the in the stadiums that they have to worry. They don't know where their next paycheck is going to come from. Yeah, no, which is why it's very commendable. I mean, that is exactly why I have a ton of respect for all these players giving out their money because it's it's a it's an admirable trait to do that. But I just really hope that the Cleveland Cavalier workers are getting money from Dan Gilbert and then they're getting a little extra bonus because they employ Kevin Love and Kevin Love's a good person. Right. That's like kind of you know, that's where it should be. Dan Gilbert I'm looking at is worth six point two billion dollars according to Ford. Oh my goodness. Six point two billion. So it's just like what's a hundred thousand dollars to that guy? I mean, and so, you know, as much as I love Kevin Love for doing that and you and it's great. I just I just hope that whatever he gave the Cavalier workers, employees of that the Quicken Loan Stadium. I hope those people get more on top of that. Right, exactly. Like for instance, locally, you see, you see here, you saw the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Kings, and Staples Center put out a joint statement saying that the teams were going to take care of all the employees at Staples Center. Yeah, you have all these admirable acts, but then you have owners like James Dolan. I haven't heard him give one penny. Nope. That, and it doesn't surprise me, honestly. No, no, that, that does not surprise me at all. James James Dolan should not even be mentioned. Oh, that wait. guy doesn't even deserve to be. Has he given money? World. Hold on. He was on the list. So oh, the well. Knicks, MSG company workers are going to be paid in the short term, and the company is working on what their long-term plan will be. It, 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 it just, it, you know, to me, it just doesn't matter. I mean, Well, he's still slightly after, a piece of shit. The, no, no yeah. after, after, the first, after the first wave of owners, if you're in that second wave and pass, you're just like you're late. Yeah. You're too late. And and you've been pressured by your peers to do it. I don't think James Dolan would have done it if if Mark if Mark Cuban was on the first, you know, they would have it, it would have just like waited longer and longer and longer for the first person to do it. And James Dolan would have waited as long as he possibly could to do it. Yeah. But all right. That that kind of wraps up the the sports shutdown. Uh, conversation because I mean literally the the sports world got shut down a week ago. Everything once, once once in a lifetime event. No, we're we're literally living through history. It's uh, it's pretty crazy, man. Twenty twenty has been a been a hell of a year. Yeah. So, I, I mean, yeah, twenty twenty just, I mean, it once, sucks already. Three months in. Once Kobe died, I everything else just shit hit the fan. Yeah, man, it's, it's a, there's a lot of bad going on out there. Yeah, but some semblance of reality, the NFL is still going on as it would, just as best it can in this whole scenario. And real quickly, I wanted to, to talk about 
the NFL players voting to approve a new collective bargaining agreement with the league's owners, ensuring NFL labor peace through at least the year 2030 and clearing the way for a 17 game regular season as early as 2021 and also an expansion of the playoffs as well as a couple other things. The vote to approve it was close. It ended up being 1019 in favor, 959 not in favor and the approval required a majority of all players voting. It came out actually that almost 500 players did not even vote in the CBA vote. So I kind of wanted to talk about that. What uh, what were your guys' thoughts on all of that? As far as the CBA goes, I yeah. mean, so so what? I mean, give me some of the details. I didn't read all of the all of the CBA. I mean, I, I saw that there's a 17th game, which I'm not a fan of. Yeah, there's a 17th I mean, game, no extra bye week, uh, so there's still one bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just an 18 week football season. I don't know if either one of you guys played high school football, but 10 nope. weeks seemed like 10 weeks was a fucking ass kicking and that was before playoffs yeah and so and then even you know at the college level i know that a 12 game season in 15 weeks is an ass whooping or 14 weeks or whatever it is they have like two buys um so i'm just i'm just not football the dynamic of the sport i just don't i don't think more is better i guess is is the, the short answer i think for me when i saw it though i think what stood out was how fast it was done i didn't expect it for them to agree on terms as quick. Well, they had to get it done. Well, because the, the well, NBA yeah. typically, the NBA typically stretches it out. I mean, in, historically speaking, the NFL hasn't had a ton of issues with CBAs. Yeah, and I mean, I think also they had to get it done because it affected the start of the new league year in terms of like teams placing transition and franchise tags and all of that. So they had to get something done and something written in stone basically to ensure that everything could go according to plans that teams had set out. And then with the expansion of the playoffs, that means the Rams technically would have been in the playoffs this year. So they're, I mean, Hey, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, (laughs) I don't know if I give it to them, but I'm just saying that that means that that means Russell Wilson would have made the playoffs every year of his career. Yeah, no, exactly. So there's, only one team that gets a bye now. The second the second place team in each conference now doesn't get a bye. So home field advantage is that much more important in so you basically you're basically just adding a two and seven matchup. So the other yeah. playoff matchups stay the same. And the second the second place team loses the bye and the seventh place team gains the playoff spot. Yes. I don't know, man. I just you know, the NFL has the smallest – I think the NFL – yeah, they do. They have, they have the smallest amount of percentage of teams make the playoffs. So, in that sense, it's good. I mean, I think more playoff teams, better product. But you're also getting this after a 17-game regular season where there's only one that, bye week. That, that's, and that is my bigger issue. I, I definitely – I think 16 was just kind of the, the sweet spot. I mean, I think it was like – I don't even remember. I mean, early '90s, I think they switched. For, they used to only play 12, and they switched to 16. Yeah, you know, they, it was they, probably they when added they added the, the the thir- the 31st and 32nd teams. 
No, it was before that. I mean, they they uh, it was before Jaguars Panthers, but um, they used to have six weeks of preseason Jesus. and then twelve game and then thirteen week regular season with a twelve game schedule, and then the, that collective collective bargain agreement they decided to take two of those preseason games and make them pre and then make them regular season and add two. So they added four games. I just, man, football is tough, man. It's just so physical and you already see the season get kind of dictated by injury already. It's like, fuck, just making it. It's just going to make it worse. 16, yeah. If you can make it through 16 games healthy, you're good. And now it's just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, extending the nfl season if anything i would shorten it yeah i agree or if you're gonna add the extra week at least give them a second bye week i agree with that too yeah see i would love 18 weeks or what are you saying 17 games 19 weeks yeah yeah two two buys god that is a long season man that's five months of football it is not counting not counting not counting preseason playoffs but think about it like this Think about it like this. Adding a second bye week would eliminate, let's say, a 17-game season, but you had your bye week in week four. You then got to play 13 weeks straight? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, it's just, I mean, there's just, football's too tough. I mean, honestly, if anything, I would just add another bye week and keep 16 games and go 18-week regular season. I mean, it's already tough. Uh, um so, I mean, in that sense, I'm kind of disappointed with the 17 games, but the playoffs is like, it's kind of whatever, I guess, at this point. Adding adding one team to conference isn't a huge deal. Yeah. But, all right, let's 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 talk about the free agency stuff real quick. Um, also, the NFL, yes, annou- NFL announced uh, special procedures for free agency, and like I was saying, they postponed – OTAs indefinitely on Monday in wake of the coronavirus pandemic. In a statement, the NFL the NFL said that clubs aren't allowed to bring any free agent quote to a club facility or location to meet with club personnel. Further, club personnel, including members of the club medical staff, may not travel to any location to meet with or conduct a medical examination of a free agent player. So that completely changes the dynamics of how all of these deals were done, which is obviously an adjustment. But I want to start, and we're going to kind of go chronologically back from a couple days ago uh, and move closer towards the present. Uh, But we'll start with the Jaguars trading Calais Campbell to the Ravens for a fifth-round pick in this year's draft. The Ravens obviously in win-now mode, obviously seeing what they could or seeing what they did last year during the season with the emergence of Lamar Jackson, obviously as the MVP and stacking their defense with Marcus Peters, Earl Thomas, and a couple other guys, adding Calais Campbell as your lead pass rusher to that defense and what they did last year, that's scary. Well, they run it they run an odd front, which means um to the non football fan means they have three people they have three down linemen and then they got two stand up DNs rather than four four guys in the stands. So it's just like Clay's Campbell is a massive human being, if you know anything about it. And so when you run a three-man front rather than four, what do you, what do you need? You need size because you're running one, one last man. Yeah. So it's just like this, this is just a dream setup. I think that he comes in and just adds another dominant piece to this puzzle. I mean, the Ravens are trying to win 
on Lamar's rookie contract, which is kind of the Super Bowl victory formula. And like this is this is arguably this is this might be the top three pickup so far. Oh, definitely. This is is big time, big time, big time. Yeah, no, this is a huge A list like addition to the Ravens squad that was already A list. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the guy. Which they're already a top contender in the AFC, so this only yeah, this only deepens their their roster. You want to know who this is, is and who they're replacing is Haloti Nata. Ah, yes, I do. So this is a very similar style of player. Now, Haloti was a little more of an interior lineman than Calais is, but they're very, very similar, and they fit perfectly in that DN position for the 3-4. Yeah. God, man, front. They're, they're, it's just like... God damn. I mean, that's a match made in heaven. <laughs> All right. The next guy I want to talk about, Ryan Tannehill, agreeing to a four-year deal with the Titans that could pay him up to $118 million, $62.5 million guaranteed. He's going to get an average of $29.5 million per year. And I think he was able to have a clause put in his contract that could get his guaranteed money upwards of $90 million. So Ryan Tannehill got the bag. Yeah, he did, but honestly what confuses me is that they paid him first rather than Henry. Well, they franchise tagged Henry. Yeah, but still, you're going to give Tannehill money first. Nobody wants to pay a running back these days, man. I I understand that, but... You have to to pay a quarterback, unfortunately. I mean, I I get where you're coming from. Derrick Henry was that team, but they got Derrick Henry. If they didn't have that franchise tag... I don't know if they do that. And that's exactly why they didn't go after Brady, I believe. It's like, yeah. you know, we pay Brady. I think Tennessee was number one on Brady's list uh, just because of Rabel and that connection all there um, and the offensive line and all that. But uh, Tennessee now, you know, if you don't get Brady, you got to pay. If you pay Brady, you're not going to be able to pay Henry. They, they were able to franchise take Henry, pay Tannehill. Tannehill is the guy that got into the playoffs last year. And Tannehill played well in Miami, if it's not due to injury. So I think the Titans came out big time. They went, they doubled down on their guy, and they and they didn't try to like, you know, they didn't they didn't sell the house to get Brady. Yeah, well, and listen, Brady, they probably gave the money they would have given to Brady to Tannehill. So yeah, but it's just like you got you got Brady's forty three, Tannehill's what like twenty eight. Yeah, no, completely. I'm. I would have chose Tannehill over Brady in this scenario too. I I just think if Brady was like, Hey, Rabel, I'll play for you for 25 mil. Then it's like, all right, Tannehill's gone. We're signing Brady. But if Brady's at 30 mil, Tannehill's at 30 mil, you got to go with the guy that got you there last year. Yeah. You got a good offensive line. You got a great running back. Tannehill's an athletic guy. He played wide receiver in college. You know, they made the playoffs. They made, they got a win. Um, I think it was a good move. Tennessee is going going with their guy. Completely agree. All right, the next guy I wanted to talk about, the Cleveland Browns signing tight end from the Falcons, Austin Hooper. Hooper signed a four-year deal, $44 million. 23 of, of that 44 is guaranteed. Another name to add to the roster of names, uh, is that actually going to do something, uh, though, this year? That's up to Baker Mayfield, think, though. I, See, I think, I think he's I think your issue, a, though. 
Yeah, I think this is an overrated move. I agree. I, I think you you got Njoku, who's coming off an injury, but he's just a specimen of the tight end. I mean, Hooper's nice. He's a great pass catcher, but I think that your your issues were not tight end. Your issues were at quarterback, and I think that the Cleveland Browns addressed that issue and they signed Case Keenum. Right. Now, now seeing Case Keenum signing, like you know, what Case Keenum brings to the table is that Baker has to show up. If Baker comes in just a half percent out of shape, or if he comes in fucking any sort of like cockiness, self entitlement. Case Keenum's going to win this fucking job. Easily. That's what. That's why you signed Case Keenum, is to get Baker Mayfield to get his ass in gear. Yeah, you get him motivated. And hopefully, and hopefully throw to all these big-name targets. Hooper, to me, is just overrated uh, signing. Hooper's a great player. I'm not trying to take away from Hooper. I'm taking away from the Browns. Agreed. 100% agree. All right. The, the next... Move. I want. When are we going to get to the Chargers, baby? I'm ready. <laughs> in, a, in a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about another NFC West team, though, real quick. The Arizona Cardinals trading running, ba- running back David Johnson, a second round pick this year, and a fourth round pick in 2021 to the Houston Texans for DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth round pick in this year's draft. See, I didn't like this trade. I hated this yeah, trade. Yeah, this was the worst one when I saw it. It there, was one of the first ones. There's a lot to unfold with this trade, and I think there's a lot of information we don't know when it comes to this trade because yeah. I think it was it was a personal relationship between Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. Now I talked to my I talked to my brother for probably an hour about this this trade today, literally like an hour because I was playing devil's advocate. I was trying to see it from where Bill O'Brien was coming from, but at the end of the day, this is a bad trade to the Texans. I mean. The Texans didn't get a first rounder out of DeAndre or Jadavion. Nope. Bill Bill O'Brien looks like a fool, and you know it just it it just leaves you scratching your head like what were the Texans thinking? Now, when I was playing devil's advocate, I was saying, well, Bill O'Brien obviously knew something we don't. He all you know, we've seen the the comments circulating about comparing DeAndre to Aaron Hernandez. Yep. Which I Michael think Irvin put that over, out. I think that's being completely over overblown. I think that. Bill O'Brien was trying to say, I came into this meeting with DeAndre saying, I've only had one meeting before, and it was Aaron Hernandez. And what the, the now re, remember, I think the Texans lost. I think Bill O'Brien lost, but I'm going to yeah. play double dive kid. I think, that, I think that he saw something in DeAndre that wasn't making him comfortable as a star player. I mean, DeAndre has all the influence in the world with the Texans, so he can do whatever he wants. He probably has more power than Bill O'Brien. And well, Bill so, O'Brien's the GM and the head coach. He's got a lot of power down there, and that's why he made the move. Yeah, but a, a star player has has a ton of power when it comes to like your fans, the media. Yeah. All this, uh, what we're what we're doing right now, we're gonna everyone's gonna put Bill O'Brien on a stick. You know what I mean? And so uh, I think that you know the baby mama comment. You know, I wish I knew more about that because I think that you know on the shallow end, it sounds kind of. It sounds kind of – it's a bad look by Bill O'Brien to say something like that. But on the other side, it's just like, you know, if DeAndre has a bunch of women coming around, causing a scene at the practice facilities, coming to the offices, whatever it is, and, and he's being a problem off the field, then he's being a problem off the field. Now, you lost that trade no matter what. You didn't get the value you should have got for a player like DeAndre. But 
You know, I I I, I like to think that Bill O'Brien didn't just like make this decision based off of like racism or just like not liking DeAndre or something like that. There's got to be more to it. Yeah, see, I hated this trade. You you went and separated Hopkins and Watson. Like, you didn't know what that could have been. Yeah, Deshaun's got to be asking yeah. for a trade as soon as possible. No, I don't, yeah, all, I don't think all, he stays there much longer. About it. They're all pissed about it. I yeah. mean, they're, they're, everyone's mad other than Bill O'Brien because whatever Bill O'Brien – I mean, it's not like Aaron Hernandez had, like, a bunch of problems to the public eye before all the all the stuff broke out. So it's like when Bill O'Brien was having meetings with Aaron Hernandez, he wasn't what we know of as Aaron Hernandez yet. So maybe he saw something off the field that we're not saying. Now, I'm not saying DeAndre is a fucking murderer or is it anything like to that extent, but I'm yeah. saying maybe Bill O'Brien sees character flaw off the field, and that's why he's acting the way he's acting. Now, that's devil's advocate. He lost this trade, plain and simple. Yeah. The, the Texans lost this trade. Arizona won. And oh, Arizona won insane. big time. I mean, listen, that's, you're yeah, getting they're the, they're, they're the definite winners of this trade. Yeah, you're giving Kyler Murray, who already had an all-time great in Larry Fitzgerald, another an, option, another Jeez. generational talent in DeAndre Hopkins, and it's. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury's offense is supposed to be explosive, and we saw glimpses of it last year with Kyler Murray in his rookie year. Adding DeAndre Hopkins well, is the, only going to enhance it. And they extended Kenyon Drake, so it's just like yeah. you know the Cardinals are looking, the Cardinals are looking all right. I mean, this was a massive get for the Cardinals. I mean, this is the top three wide receiver in the NFL. Totally. All right, the next move I got is another trade actually, uh, and it's the Indianapolis Colts trading their first round pick, which was the 13th overall pick in this year's draft, to the San Francisco 49ers for all pro defensive tackle tackle DeForest Buckner. Buckner has already agreed to a massive contract that pays him $21 million a year, making him the second highest paid defensive tackle in NFL history, only behind the Rams, Aaron Donald. Great, great, great pickup for the Colts. In my opinion, a huge addition on the defensive end. And I think it's, I think it's going to work out perfectly for them. Yeah, the Niners. The Niners were stuck with you know the they had you know they drafted three defensive linemen in the first round three years in a row from like fourteen to seventeen I think it was, and so they had to pay somebody and they ended up paying Eric Armstead. Got to let Buckner go. Was able to get a first round pick out of him, which is big time for the Niners. Yeah, um, huge. But the but the Colts are the Colts are trying to win now. I mean, I think that you know Buckner all of a sudden you know solidifies that defensive line. They've already got a great linebacker in Darius Leonard. And then, you know, that offensive line is top three in the NFL. They go out and get a veteran quarterback like Rivers or he got Brissett. I mean, the Colts, the Colts, you know, with DeAndre Hopkins getting traded, all of a sudden Colts look like the favorite in the AFC South. Yeah, okay, so you brought up Phillip Rivers uh, briefly. Let's talk about that real quick since we're on the Colts. The L.A. Chargers moving on from – Philip Rivers, Philip deciding to sign in Indianapolis. I don't really like the move. I don't understand. For, wait, you don't like the move on Rivers' end? Or, no, on the, the Chargers. Col- on the Colts' end. I don't know why yeah, they're. Yeah. Cho- I don't know why they're choosing Philip Rivers over Jacoby Brissett. You got elite. I mean, Philip Rivers is elite. I he mean, was. He looked like he was throwing a medicine ball last year. Yeah, but year. that's also because he had a crappy O line. 
I mean, yeah, that okay. That's a that's a huge part of it. Perfect. I mean, Philip Rivers behind this off. Philip Rivers is one of the most prolific passers in NFL history. Agreed. I think with 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 this with this offensive line, with you know with the T. Y. Hilton, you got a great you got a good defense, not great, a good defense. Uh, I mean, I just think that the this is a great this is a great move for Rivers, especially you know. Now Jacoby Brissett's back to being a uh, probably a tier number one backup in the league. That's you know Colts are looking good. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, when you put it like that, I guess the Colts are in win now mode essentially. The the the, the Colts didn't give. I mean, they paid Brissett. They gave him that three year extension, but they didn't give him elite money. So I think that this is you know they're paying they're paying two good quarterbacks. Um, they pay two good quarterbacks like non elite money. So it's like. Between Brissett and Rivers, you're paying for, like, one Brady or Dak. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about the Chargers real quick? Yeah, man. Chargers, I I, I don't know. You know, there's a, there's a lot to kind of pick here because they're all of a sudden – I think they went all in on Brady, and now they don't have Brady. So, I mean, they're left with a massive hole at quarterback. Now they have Tyrod Taylor under – Who they said uh, they're sticking Charles. with. Yeah, so it's just like that could be interesting. I don't know. It makes no worse, sense to me. But I think that they got to bring somebody else in if they can. I mean, I would I would try to make a trade for Cam Newton. Hundred percent agree. Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford. I'd even get as desperate as maybe a James Winston. Um, but that you know, there's there's options out there. Now, what I wanted to talk about it was why I think they went all in on Brady is like they they signed Brian Belaga, a great a great offensive tackle. They signed Linvale Joseph, a great defensive lineman from Minnesota, and they signed Chris Harris, one of the top ten corners in the league from Denver. I mean, they they really put they really paid a lot of good quality football players to come play for them. Uh, they've got good running backs. They paid Eckler. Um, I think they've got the whole checklist of a team. They just they just just minus quarterback. the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. when Rivers was there. His pieces surrounding him weren't the issue. It was his line. He still has a little bit left in the tank. He just didn't have time to throw. Yeah, and so, you know, they got Pouncey. They signed Belaga. I like to see that offensive line kind of improve. And then on the defensive end, bringing in Limbell Joseph and Chris Harris to add alongside of uh, of Bosa and, and, Melvin Gore, and Melvin Ingram is just, man, they're looking good. Yeah, no. They need a quarterback though. They they got they cannot roll Tyrod. I completely they've agree. Get, they've got to get Stafford or Cam Newton or Jameis or one of these guys. Cam ha- Cam has to be their number one choice in my opinion. I think there's I think there's there's two or three teams that are, that are shooting for Cam right now, and they're definitely one of them. Yeah, I would say the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Patriots are all going for Cam. To- yeah, those. Uh, all three of those scenarios, I think, would be good fits for him. And if you were Chicago, you would have gone for him, but you went and got Foles. Right. Chicago traded for Nick yeah, Foles. And I think that the Foles move was ultimately like, hey, we're not ready to fold up on Trubisky. Yeah, but so, at least they have a backup. But, but it's the same thing. It's the same thing like with Baker in in Cleveland, though. Very similar situation. You're, this is your last chance. This is the exact same situation. And so bringing Foles in ensures you that, hey, Mitch, you got to come into training camp ready to go. If you're not ready to go or you start one and three, we're going to Foles. Yeah, exactly. It's it's literally, it's Baker's and Trubisky's jobs to lose. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you can say the same about Derek Carr. And yeah, Derek Carr with Marcus Mariota signing with the Vegas Raiders. This is also the first year the Raiders will be in Vegas, so we have to start yeah. calling them the Las Vegas Raiders. That was really weird yep, typing so. out in my notes earlier today. Yep, and so I think the three guys that got the most pressure on them to start a football game, you got Derek Carr, you got Baker Mayfield, and you got Mitch Trubisky, and all three of those guys kind of like, you know, shit or get off the pot time. Yeah, could completely agree. Uh, a couple more, because I know we'll, we want to talk about Tom Brady, but I wanted to save Brady for last so we could, as, as crazy as it sounds, again. give the GOAT his respect. So we'll, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. I just wanted to get to a couple more moves. The Miami Dolphins agreed to terms with the top cornerback on the market, Byron Jones, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys. Jones's deal is a five-year deal worth $82.5 million, $57 million guaranteed that makes him the highest paid corner in the NFL. What do we think of that move, fellas? I like Miami's moves this offseason. I think they're going in trying to improve their team. Yeah, I mean, they're doing everything they can. And one of the one of the main things you need is a cornerstone of your defense. And Byron Jones is exactly that for Miami right now. Well, and who's their other cornerback in Miami? I honestly can't remember they off got, the top got, of my head they, they, they got another good one and so i think that you know byron is just replacing Minka fitzpatrick and yeah they're gonna be so, they're gonna be solid on the outside yeah um the rams lost michael brockers to the ravens so the ravens uh boosting their defensive line even more uh he gets a three-year deal uh 30 million 20 21 million dollars guaranteed I think that's a, a huge boost in addition to adding Calais Campbell to that defense for Baltimore. Brockers is another odd man front guy. He's a big dude. Yeah. Uh, the Bears signed Jimmy Graham to a two-year $16 million deal with $9 million guaranteed, so that gives another offensive weapon for either Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles, who's kind of solidified himself in this league. Were you thinking of Howard, Tyler, from the Dolphins? For yeah, oh, yeah, Xavier Howard. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And he's and he's 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 a stud too. He's kind of up up and coming, but that's a good that's a good uh that's a good start at corner for for the Dolphins. And then I think they also brought in Kyle Van Noy. Yes, they another did. Good, uh, another good pass rusher. So they're they're doing what they need to to improve their team. And I think the coach, you know, I think their coach is doing a good job considering they were supposed to be the laughing stock of the league and they ended up winning like four or five games last year. Yeah. What do you think of Jimmy Graham to the Bears? That's a non-factor. They got to figure out quarterback first. Okay. Um, we talked about Cam Newton and the Panthers working to find a trade partner, and that's all because Teddy Bridgewater is expected to sign a three-year deal with Carolina somewhere around $60 million. So Teddy's going to get another chance to start, which is great for him. Yeah, which I'm happy for because he kind of showed what he was made of when uh, when Breeze was out last season for that short stint. You know, he came in there and he held down the fort until Breeze got back. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long three years for Teddy, and – I'm really happy to see him back back in his starting position. Totally. Uh, and then two big-name wide receivers. But, but hold on, really really quick with Cam. Go for Cam, it. You know, Cam's obviously getting kind of, uh, kind of feisty with the Panthers. Obviously, they're saying, oh, we're going to allow Cam to see trades. Cam's saying, oh, you guys are going to allow me. Like, I've been, you know, don't try to control the narrative. Uh, you guys forced this. I wanted to be a Panther. 
I think Cam, I already said the top the top three destinations for me was the Chargers, the Broncos, because of their defense, and then New England, obviously. I think New England would be a great fit because I think Belichick's going to want to play smash mouth football. So I think that Cam Newton would really have the ability to, you know, just be that guy up in the middle, under center, run the football, kind of dominant physically type of player. Yeah, honestly, if you're Cam, though, I don't understand why you would go to the Chargers. I feel like because that's like the, great, yeah, but that's the bottom great, of all those options. Well, because well, the Chargers I, I need a name to open the stadium, and when they lost out on Tom Brady, I think Cam Newton is another name that you can sell tickets well, with. Well, yeah, but if I'm new well, and I'd rather the, go, I'd rather go to Denver or I'd rather go to New England. Well, here's the thing: Tampa Bay is not the best fucking team in the league, but Brady knows. Hey, I'm a player. You add me with these guys, we're ready to go. Kind of with like Jimmy Butler, Miami. It's just yeah. like, yo, they don't have a star. They've got all the other pieces other than a star. I go there. It's that's Cam. I think Cam sees Chargers like they got they got Melvin Gordon, Eckler. They got the defense. You add me in there, all of a sudden we're a Super Bowl title contender. You know, no Cam Newton with the Chargers. You're probably not going to get to the playoffs. And then I just want to add the fourth the fourth team, which is the wild card for Cam Newton, is what what if what if Washington, D.C. and Ron Rivera try to make a move for Cam Newton. I wouldn't be mad at it. I think that, I think, he, I think. He's got, he gets back with his coach. You know, they can kind of play their revenge tour on the league. And, you know, I don't, you know, I know that Rivera wants to give Dwayne Haskins a shot, and they're probably not going to draft a quarterback. But if you can get Cam Newton, you know, get him. And also, Cam Newton is the perfect player for Dwayne Haskins to learn under. They play the same style. Exactly. So, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I had to say about about Cam. All right. So, the wide receivers, uh, two other names that I wanted to talk about, Stephon Diggs and Amari Cooper. First, Stephon Diggs. He is now a member of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he, Big win. Yeah, he, along with the 2027th rounder from Minnesota, go to Buffalo. Buffalo gives up a first, a fifth, and a sixth round draft pick in this year's draft and a fourth in 2021. I think this is great for Buffalo. It gives uh, – why am I blanking on his name? Quarterback. Josh Josh Allen. Josh Allen, thank you. I wanted to say Josh Daniels for some reason. Um, Josh Allen, that – is now a legit number one receiver for him in Stephon Diggs. A huge get for the Bills. Which a huge loss for the Vikings. Yeah, huge loss. Yeah, but cold, cold, cold weather player, too. That's, yeah. That's notable. I think uh, I think the Bills have kind of depended on passing the ball when really they're a running team. Yeah. Because they play in the snow. But we saw how it did, how things kind of did sour between Stephon Diggs and Minnesota this year with the offensive woes that the team did go through yeah yeah he was the person to blame he's another one of those quarterbacks where it's time to like you know well and Kirk Cousins signed a two-year extension with Minnesota so yeah they screwed themselves in doing that see I think that I think that Minnesota did all right I mean I think getting four picks out of out of Diggs was a good you get four football players out of him yeah no Minnesota and and I think Adam you don't need two number ones and so I think that they believe that Thielen can be a number one. Yeah, and which, unlike Thielen was more consistent, Diggs was just more explosive for sure. Which is why, which is why they traded Diggs, not yeah. Thielen. Yeah, and 
listen, unlike Houston, Minnesota got value back for Stefan Diggs. Yeah, that's that's completely 100% the whole I mean, the Texans traded Clowney and uh Hopkins. Hopkins in a year and they didn't get one first round pick out of it. So right. that's a loss. Right. No matter how you look at it. Yeah, no, completely. And then the Cowboys and wide receiver Amari Cooper intend to sign a five-year, $100 million deal that has $60 million guaranteed. And Dak Prescott is going to get franchise tagged. So Big L. Yeah. Big L. I mean, I think, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, I probably would have went $20 million less. I mean, 80 mil, you know, 50 million guaranteed would have still been a stretch. Yeah, but, I mean, this is also kind of a similar scenario to Tennessee where it's like you have two guys, one you got to give a big contract to now, one you can franchise tag and worry about next year. And I was very surprised. I was very surprised to see that Dallas went and signed Amari to the big contract first and franchise tag Dak instead of the opposite. I'm not not surprised about that. I'm surprised about the amount. Like, I think that he got too much. I'm not surprised at the signing because they offered Dak first and he de- and he declined. Yeah, so he turned like it down. You got you got to go to the next guy and and you got to get who you can get. And I just I don't see any way Dak plays for the Cowboys past next season. I agree. I just don't I don't I don't see it happening. I think that this is next. They were the most talented team in football last year. Didn't make the playoffs, and you know this is this year Dak's got to put the Dak's got to put the most valuable franchise in sports on his back and make a Super Bowl run, or he's looking at signing a considerably less amount of money somewhere else. Yeah. All right, real quick, before we talk about Tom Brady, uh, did the Seahawks make any moves that you were particularly uh, interested well, yeah, in? They did. I'm glad you asked. Go for it, brother. Uh, <laughs> well, we lost um, – we lost a tackle, George Fant, to the Jets, but we then signed the Jets starting tackle. So basically, flip flop starting tackles with the Jets, not okay. a big move. But what we did do is we signed Greg Olson, who I think oh, yeah, that's be right. We, he's going to be a good pickup. I don't think he's anything that's like to rant and rave about, but I think that's a good pickup. Solid, you know, positive move. But the big one that I love that happened today was we re signed Bruce Irving. Oh, that's huge. What, that's huge. And for, and for a fraction of what we would have paid two years ago. So basically, we didn't pay him. He left. He went and got paid elsewhere, didn't perform, and now he's coming back. So I think, you know, adding a Bruce Irvin, adding a Greg Olson, getting another offensive lineman, not doing too much. You know what I mean? It's like those are good moves. We're not doing too much. Yeah. And then as far as the rant, I, 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 oh, go. I also like a, I also like us to to sign uh, PJ Walker from the XFL as a backup quarterback. Oh yeah. And then as far as the Rams, they obviously lost out on Michael Brockers. They lost out on Dante Fowler Jr. They lost out on Corey Littleton. So their defense is there looking. Those are secondary. Well, no, that's all of our that's yeah. all of our rushers. Yeah. Um. So. They ended up signing Leonard Floyd, who got cut by the Bears. But, I mean, this defense is not going to look the same at all next year. Eric Weddle retired. Uh, we still have Jalen Ramsey. They didn't uh, extend Nikhil Roby Coleman. They signed Whitworth, too. 
Yes, they re-signed yeah. Andrew Whitworth, which is good. But oh, and they also kept Austin Blythe, another uh, offensive lineman. But I mean, See, with, with the Rams, I like the Rams' moves. Now they they may be kind of head scratchers. Like I don't know, I'm seeing a lot of a lot more losses than wins. Yeah. But what they're doing, what they're doing is, is they're changing their their investments when it comes to like position groups. You know, they went all in on the defensive line the last two years. Yeah. And it, and it, and it hasn't worked. So, you know, I like the idea of them, you know, we're going to let these D linemen walk. We're going to pay other people. We're going to share up offensive line. We, we need, we're, we're hanging our hat on McVay and Goff. Um, I, I like the, I like the Rams moves because I don't think they're like the Seahawks. They're not doing too much. And they're kind of like reassessing the value of position groups. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's going to be very interesting to see what also happens with Todd Gurley. There's rumors that he's on the trading block because he Todd was Gurley is a two down back at this point. It's yeah. Good. It's, it's really hard to see a future with Todd Gurley and the Rams because of how much he is getting paid no, and I the see, production. No. See, I think that that's the, the common thought process but it's just like because of because of the money but it's just like yo you come in you draft a good scat back you get somebody like james white philip Lindsay. You, you you can draft those guys in the fourth fifth sixth round you can draft these guys so you get one good scat back to compliment todd Gurley, and you get todd Gurley as a two down back running you know 18 20 times a game that's that's legit. I mean, I don't think your money is completely wasted. No, I completely, I completely agree. I don't want to get rid of Todd Gurley. That's just what might end up happening. He's just had a decline no, though, so drastically, like in the last well, two yeah, years. He's got arthritis. Yeah. His fucking knees. Yeah, he's, I mean, hurt. he's not. He's, he's not the same guy that they paid. But you paid him, so now you gotta you gotta make do with what you got. Yeah. So all right, um, let's talk about the big news. Tom Brady, unless unless you got any any other guys you wanted to talk about, Tyler. Uh, let me look over my notes here. I don't I don't think so. I mean, I've got a lot of you know I got a lot of the quarterback here, so I think there's you know there's probably like six or seven teams looking for a quarterback. There's probably four four good ones on the market, so you're looking at two or three being drafted. Okay. Well, maybe here. You know what? Next week we'll do a quarterback carousel where we can we yeah, can talk yeah, about. Yeah, no, I I don't want to dive into it too deep, but I think uh, the quarterback stuff is not settled yet. Yeah, totally. But one that is settled, obviously, is Tom Brady intending to sign with. I can't believe I'm saying this. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was in complete Which, shock that he. Hashtag 2020, man. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah, this just honestly adds to what's been going on this year. Yeah, I was in complete shock when he said, one, that he was leaving the Patriots, and then later on in the day when it was announced that he was signing or intending to sign with Tampa Bay. Listen, I thought Tom Brady would be one of those guys that was cut from the same cloth as Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki, that was going to stay with one team his entire career. And seeing Tom Brady, or when we do see Tom Brady in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform, it's going to look like Hakeem Olajuwon on the Toronto Raptors or Patrick Ewing on the Orlando Magic yeah. or Michael Jordan on the Wizards. Like, it's it's going to be it's gonna weird. Look like Pat, it's going to look like Patrick Ewing on the Sonics. 
Yeah, or Patrick yeah. Ewing on the Sonics That's another too. One. See, I wasn't I wasn't surprised that he left. To me, that wasn't su- super surprising. I was just surprised more that he went to to the Buccaneers. I don't know why he chose them. Uh, listen, their wide receiver core their wide receiver core is insane. There are so many yeah. weapons that he has never. I mean, he hasn't played with a weapon like Mike Evans in his, with that talent since Moss, right? Since Randy Moss, I'm ex, I'm not including Antonio Brown in this because it was such a short stint. But listen, he hasn't played with someone like Mike Evans since Randy Moss, and that's going to be a lot of fun to watch if Tom Brady is the same quarterback we think he is outside of Bill Belichick's system. The only issue, though, is that culture is not the same like it was in New England. But maybe Brady changes it. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I think I think Brady, I think the culture has changed already. Just one, one signing, I think Brady coming in changed the culture. It is probably like the it's probably like the third or fourth team I thought he'd go to, but it makes sense. Um, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you the reasons why I think it makes sense. First of, first off, we got Bruce Arians and Tom Moore. Now to the, to the casual fan that doesn't know who Tom Moore is, Tom Moore is offense coordinator for the Buccaneers. He's 80 years old, but this <laughs> was the guy that masterminded all the Colts offenses during Peyton Manning's tenure. I mean, this is a guy, Tom Morris is fucking, he's as deeply embedded in the NFL offense as anybody in the world. And I know 100% that that had an effect on Brady's decision-making. Now, Bruce Arians, a.k.a. B.A., that's a big-time, big-time coach. I mean, one of the best coaches. This guy pushes the ball downfield. This is the guy that coached Kurt Warner and the, and the Cardinals when they made their Super Bowl run. Um He's a big time coach, and so I think that I think that BA and Tom Moore were a big reason why Brady decided decided to go there. Number two, I think that Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Brady knows that Antonio Brown is coming. So I think that Brady looked at it and said, "All right, I got Mike Evans, I got Antonio Brown, and I got Chris Godwin. That's probably the best talent I've ever had, even with the '07." Patriots is probably the best team talent-wise on offense I've ever had. And then on top of that, Tampa Bay has got a solid defense. And they play in a division where the Panthers just signed Eddie Bridgewater, lost Cam Newton, lost their head coach. And then uh, Atlanta has been just like a fucking clusterfuck after that, that Super Bowl loss. And then it's like Drew Brees. So it's just like you beat Drew Brees twice, you're probably going to win that division. So, well, what about their offensive know, line, though? That's to me, that's the issue. Okay, well, because because Brady scenario, is at the tail end of his career, and he's not a great scrambler. No, he's not. No, let's let's make that. Let's call a spade a spade. He, he, Brady please, cannot run. No. Please, he cannot run. Okay. So you give him a crappy offensive line. What's going to happen? Okay, first of all, there's like four good offensive lines in the in the NFL. So 28 teams have what you call a crappy offensive line. So I think that his offensive line going from Tampa to New England is is a wash. Now what what makes now there's more to protection than just an offensive line. Now if you have a bunch of weapons on the outside, all those you have to you have to like send more guys on the outside. You have to send more DBs to coverage. So if you if if you don't have any weapons, which New England didn't, 
Julian Edelman led the league and dropped passes last year. And he was his number one target. So it's just like, if you have no weapons, you can send the fucking house every time. And that shitty offensive line is not going to do anything. Now, if you go to Tampa Bay and you got more weapons on the outside, that that makes you commit more players to the defensive backfield and guarding that pass and the pass rush, giving you more time. So it's just like, there's more aspects than just the offensive line when it comes to protection. And so I think that at the end of the day, Tennessee, Tennessee was on his list and, and they went with Tannehill. I think that the Chargers were on his list and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were on his list. And he ended up just going with Tampa over LA. I just, I honestly just can't believe that the Patriots after everything that he I can't believe it either, dude. I denied it to the to the end. So did I. I just knew. I, I knew that he wasn't going to leave. I knew it. I, I knew completely. It he, but he left. I mean, it's crazy. Like, and uh, and I think I think that I think that he's trying. He's he's taking out of the Peyton Manning playbook. Oh, I mean, listen, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, Jane, uh, Joe Nays, uh yeah, Joe Na- uh, Naismith, or not Naismith, uh, Joe Namath. I don't know why I said Naismith. <laughs> Joe Namath. The adventure of basketball. Yeah. Um, they all played for different teams. But, I mean. Now, Namath is one thing, but it's just like Montana, Montana and Manning, I think, are probably the two guys where it's not like the NBA. There's, there really isn't that career-long player where, like, you don't get any, you know, you don't change teams. So, I think mean, he just wants to, he, at this point in his career, he wants to test it out. See, It's the it first time he's had Belichick? that chance. Well, and it's just like, is it me or is it Belichick? And we're going to find out. Yeah, we're definitely going to find out now. I hope so bad. Tampa Bay is hosting the Super Bowl this year. No, no. No, uh, no team has ever hosted the Super Bowl. So, well, he's going to use that as motivation get, to get him there. If we, if we could use a Raymond James Stadium Super Bowl with Brady versus the Patriots, I think that's the storybook ending. That'd be crazy. And Tampa Bay would be the first team to host a Super Bowl in their home stadium ever. Yeah. And then, and then if you can throw in the Patriots, it's just like fuck. Well, I don't think they get there now. We'll see. Depends on it, who, what quarterback they get. Wait a second, Jacob. Are you questioning the Patriots' ability to get to the Super Bowl? Now I am. Without Tom Brady, yeah, I'm questioning yeah, it too. I'll do it right now. No, no, you guys are wrong, dead wrong. All right. They are. They are, they will sign a quarterback, whether it's Winston, Andy Dalton, Stafford, Taysom Hill. I don't give a fuck. Like <laughs> the Patriots, the Patriots are a threat. I don't care. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I'm, we'll not, see. I'm not saying that they're not a threat. I'm just saying they don't get to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, and like like you said, we're gonna find out is it is it Belichick or is it Brady? Which one which one had the juice? Is it exactly is it chicken or the egg? Yeah. So real quickly before we move on, just a quick a couple quick stats on Tom Brady and what it, him leaving the Patriots and going to the Buccaneers mean. Buccaneers, Buccaneers. Those are two teams in one. Two teams in one. The Buccaneers. Ah, so with Tom Brady leaving New England, Ben Roethlisberger now is the longest tenured quarterback with one team. He's been on the Pittsburgh Steelers for 17 years, and now Sean Payton and Drew Brees take over as the longest tenured head coach quarterback combo in the NFL. 
Also, no starting quarterback in NFL history has won more games than Tom Brady, while no active franchise has a worse all-time win percentage than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady has started 283 games in his career. He could start another 283 games, lose all 283 of those bad boys, and still have a better win percentage than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers franchise as a whole. Tom Brady has five times as many playoff wins, six times as many Super Bowl wins, and seven times as many 30 touchdown seasons as all of the Buccaneers quarterbacks in team's history combined. Pretty wild. Well, because they suck. Yeah. Not anymore, though. No, not anymore. We, we will see what they can do once this NFL season kicks off, when and if and when, hopefully soon. Well, hopefully on time at least, because we know it's not going to be soon. But all right, anyway, let's transition now to the last topic. It's continuing a conversation we discussed last week about the top 25 players in the NBA under the age of 25. Um, and we were kind of talking about it before the show, or before we started recording at least. Uh, Zach Levine is included in our list and we completely did not realize that he turned 25 since we last recorded yeah, literally in the middle birthday. of the week we recorded on monday and literally his birthday i guess was the next day uh but he is included in my list at least jacob he's included in yours oh yeah he's in there uh tyler he's in yours tyler did we lose tyler oh no yep I no, got no, no he's okay. still here he was thinking oh ooh. yeah Oh no! I no, thought we were, not, I, my shit. No, my shit was on mute. No, I, no, went, he, I went to go. Yeah, he went I to went go to answer, but uh, well, we couldn't hear him. No, you're good. I um, did. I did. I I completely answered fully, and then I realized it was on mute. No, you're good. Uh, I thought I thought it was technical uh, difficulties on our end. No, he was just shy of yelling uh, at the phone. <laughs> I also want to give the listeners an asterisk. This is top 25 players under 25 in the NBA. So Lamelo Ball would obviously be like top three but he's not no, oh my so. goodness get out of I here i don't even know, if I don't know about top, top three five well i mean maybe luke and zion but after that oh my goodness up. all right let's let's start this off we want to go 25 to 1 like we did last week yeah let's do backwards yeah. all right tyler you want to so so you want to do five at a time or you want to do one at a time we can go five at a time. So you want to go? You want to give us your twenty-five to twenty-one? Yes, sir. All right. Why don't you start it off, and then Jacob will go, and then I'll go. All uh, right. So the back five, um, I got John Collins at twenty-five. I got Lonzo Ball at twenty-four. I got Aaron Gordon at twenty-three. I got Miles Turner at twenty-two, and I got Bam Adebayo at twenty-one. So Miles Turner, Aaron Gordon were not on the ESPN list. No, they weren't. No, but they were on mine too, though. So you got both those, Jacob? Yeah. I have Miles no. Turner, and I don't have Aaron Gordon. Oh, that's all right. I mean, I got him at 23, so pretty yeah. high. But, yeah, I, I mean, John Collins, he was 24. I got him at 25. Lonzo Ball, flip-flop that. They had him at 25. I got him at 24. Yeah. Gordon, Gordon Turner, newbies, and then I got Bam. I got Bam at 21, who, Bam, I think, on ESPNs is, what, like 12? Yeah, he was up there. 
He was pretty high. Let me double check. Yeah, some of these guys are uh, pretty I mean, high. I, 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 li- I like Yeah, Bam, Bam was 12. Bam was 12. I, li- I like Bam, but I think he's really, like, flourishing since Jimmy Butler got there. Yeah. Jacob, who's your who's your back five? Back five, I have Marvin Bagley, John Collins, Miles Turner, Jaron Jackson Jr., and last one is Lonzo Ball. Okay. I had him pretty low. Who is who, who's the first person you said? Marvin Bagley. Yep, I had Mar- I had Marvin on my short list. Yeah, he was my he's dead like last. That. Yeah, Marvin Marvin barely missed the cut for me. Yeah, he's definitely like a top thirty guy. Yeah. All right, for me, my back five. Twenty five is John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks. Twenty four, Miles Turner of the Indiana Pacers. Twenty three, Lonzo Ball of the Pelicans. Twenty two, Michael Porter Jr. of the Denver Nuggets. And twenty one, I also have Bam Autobio of the Miami Heat, like Tyler did. Nice. So you're showing love to Michael Porter. I left him off my list. Listen, man, I, so did I. Which, so did I. which I like him, but I just couldn't put him on there. I I think that kid is going to be special, man. I mean, Tyler, you know, we've, we've been big fans and we've followed him for a while. I just, I think That's he, high school. yeah, I think he's going to be legit if he can get a full healthy season and off season under his belt and with, this suspension that the NBA is on, he's got plenty of time to get his game right. Yes, sir. Six ten wing guy. Yeah. All right. Twenty through sixteen for you, Tyler. All right. Um, okay. So night. So wait. Twenty. Twenty. I got Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay. Nineteen. I got R.J. Barrett. He's not, oh. not on the list. He wasn't on ESPN's list. No. no. Okay. Eighteen. I got uh, DeAndre Ayton. Okay. 17, I got the bonus. And then uh, 16, I got uh, Jalen Brown. Ooh, okay. Interesting. So Jalen Brown drops down a couple couple spots. DeAndre Iden's like right where they had him. I dropped Jaron Jackson Jr. a couple spots. Yeah. Um, Jalen Brown dropped a couple, a couple spots, but that's about it. Yeah. All right, Jacob, who you got? All right, so I have Shea Gilgis-Alexander, okay. Bam Adebayo, Aaron Gordon, DeMontis Sabonis, and then Zach Levine, which he just turned 25. Well, so we'll, we'll give him the exception. Yeah. I did not have are you, are RJ you, are you guys going from Are you guys going from, like, the highest number to the lowest number? No, I've been going 25 up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're going from, like, the bottom to the yeah, top. Yeah, so, yeah. so that, one, that was my 20 through 16. Okay, perfect. You didn't start at 16, though. No, no, that was going 20 and then up to 16. Yeah. Okay. All right, perfect. All right, for me, uh, starting at 20, I have DeAndre Ayton. 19, I have Jaron Jackson Jr. 18, I have Shea Gilgis-Alexander. 17, I have Jamal Murray. 16, I have... Damn. Yeah, I'm I'm not big on Jamal Murray. I know, I know you're not. <laughs> uh, 16, I have De'Aaron Fox. Uh, yeah, that's... The next five for me. I just want to point out, none of us had Jonathan Isaac, which he was on that list, right? Yeah, we we all agreed last but, week yeah, last that week he shouldn't like, have been yeah, on the list, gonna be period. off of it. Yeah, he shouldn't <laughs> have been on the list, period. Jonathan Isaac is like number 50 on my list. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to go in top 15 now? Yeah, 15 through 11 for you, Tyler. All right, 15. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Brandon Ingram. Wow. Ooh, he was mine, too. Fifteen? Yeah. I want, I want Fellas. Him. I wanted I want I wanted to have him lower. I'm sorry. Oh, you guys are so gonna I hate got, me. 
I got Brandon Inger at number 15. I got my guy, the Bothell boy, Zach Levine at 14. He's 25, but yeah. I got Zach Levine. I got Zach Levine at 14. I got Swipe of Fox at 13. Um, and then at 12, I got uh, hold up, where am I at? 12, I got Jamal Murray. Okay. And and 11, I got Ja Morant. Not bad, not bad. All right. Now, ja, J- Jamal, I got him at 11. He was 18 or tied for 17 or whatever it was on ESPN. And then Ja was up at 7. But I, there was a couple of point guards I just cannot take or I have to take before Ja. Yeah, I feel you. So I got Ja at 11. All right. So for mine, at we're starting at 15. So I had Brandon. No, 16. 16? Or no, 15. No, no, 15 sorry, yeah. sorry. So at 15, I had Brandon Ingram, same thing like Tyler. 14, Jalen Brown. 13, Jamal Murray. 12, De'Aaron Fox. And 11, D'Angelo Russell. Okay. Uh, 15 for me, Zach Levine. 14, D'Angelo Russell. 13, Ja Morant. 12, Jalen Brown. 11, the first-time All-Star, DeMontis Simonis. You put it yeah, pretty gotta, high. We- we we have a lot of uh, a lot of similarities in that. Yeah, right? all three of us do. It's pretty crazy. And we did not no, consult I mean, each I... other before these. This no, list not was at made. all. Yeah, not at all. Like we have all no, of our groups have been all... pretty similar. My like plus or minus a couple spots. Also, I did not look at ESPN's list when I made this. So I made. I tried to make. I went through every team. I found all the candidates under twenty five. Made my list. And then I looked at ESPNs. Yeah, that's Honestly, exactly what I did. I lost the list. I had it in an email, and I couldn't find it the next day. Oh, that's funny. So, me, me, dude, same with me. I had, no, funny. I literally had to text it to Tyler earlier today. I was going to text yeah. you, and then I was like, you know what? I'll just find all the 25 players it's myself. It's an ESPN Plus article. That's why. you got to pay for it. I pay for it. No, one of us does we here on the show. Yeah, you could share it. Yeah, so I'll, give you, I'll give you guys a password it? later. Now we're moving into the top 10? Yes, yeah. the top 10. All right, top ten. This is tough, man. I mean, I think from from ten up, there's a lot of studs. But yeah, at at number ten, I'm going to give Snitch Russell. <laughs> Even I give him the slight <laughs> edge over. I give D'Angelo the slight edge over John Morant and Jamal Murray. Oh, basically for his scoring ability and being an All Star. Um, you know, he made the Nets the seventh seed in the East last year, so I got to give him. I got to give him cred. So at number ten, I got D'Angelo Russell. At number nine, I got Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Uh, at number eight, I got Ice Trey Young. At 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 number seven, I got Devin Booker, best shooting guard in the game. Okay. And then at number six, I got Cat. Carl Anthony Towns. Yep. So I got D. I got D'Angelo Russell, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, Devin Booker, uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. Jacob, who you got? All right. At number 10, I have Donovan Mitchell. At number 9, I have John Morant. Carl Anthony Towns is the next one, but for me, he was kind of hard. I didn't know where to place him. Uh, and then after that, I have Ben Simmons. Only reason why he's 7, I just want to point out, is because he can't make a damn jumper. He would be in the top 5. <laughs> and then at 6, I have Kristaps Porzingis. We're, we're looking pretty similar at the top. Okay. My 10 through 6... Number 10, I have Donovan Mitchell. Number 9, I have Trey Young. Number 8 is where I placed Brandon Ingram. 
Ooh, way too high. You, I don't think it's way too high, I man. Think he's, I think he's too high. Nah, man. Brand, like from what I've seen this year, six, six ten perimeter player, he could play. Yeah, man. He's from what I've seen this year, the jump he's finally taken. I know he was supposed to take that jump with the Lakers, and maybe the pressure got to him. Maybe the situation with LeBron coming in stunted his growth a little bit. Being he's twenty-two, man. Yeah, being in New Orleans and what he's done with that team, remarkable stuff. So I, I have Brandon Ingram at number eight. Number seven, I have Carl Anthony Towns. Number six, I have Devin Booker. There we go. All right. Just all this right there. Top five, Top five. Tyler. This, these are my dudes right here. I would, I, I think that all five of these guys now, now like Cat Booker, Trey, like basically they're only lacking team success behind these guys or individual success. Right. But at number five, I got Ben Simmons. Uh, I think Ben Simmons is a future MVP candidate. I don't. I'm not a big fan of Ben Simmons, as far as like I don't necessarily like watching him play. But I know that the talent and kind of the transcending play ability that he has as a six ten point guard. Um, and I think a jump shot is one thing you can oh, he acquire over time. Yeah, but he. Definitely you, but that. but that's but that's something you can acquire. Rather than you know, there's some guys that just can't acquire. You can't acquire height, can't acquire length, can't acquire the killer mode. Yeah, you could work on Bill, shooting. I think Ben Simmons number five. At number four, I got ESPN's number twenty, Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah. Kristaps to me is a seven-three power forward that shoots five threes a game, and he shoots those threes at 35-plus percentage, and I just think he's a unicorn type of player. He might be the second coming of Dirk. Kristaps, uh, to me, is a franchise cornerstone. Um, I really like what Kristaps brings to the table. Uh, at number three, I got Jason Tatum. At number two, I got Zion. At number one, I got Luka. Um, number one, I take Luka over Zion purely because of where his development is at this point in time. I think Zion has the ability to jump Luca. I think Tatum is kind of tapped out. I don't know if Tatum can really jump Luca and Zion. I think if anything, Tatum is going to get passed by Porzingis and then Cat Book. But Tatum's the real deal right now for Boston. And uh, I think Zion, Zion and Luca are just they're the truth right now, man. You you got to you got to respect what those young guys are doing, and I think that's the future of the NBA. Totally. All right, in my top five, so starting at five, I have Zion Williamson, only because of the success that him and the Pelicans have had. And he didn't start the season right away, obviously because of the injury, but just look at what he's done so far. At four, I have Trey Young, because even though he plays on a crappy team, he's still the stud of that team, and he leads them. A lot them. of love for Trey Young. Yeah. At three, I have Devin Booker, another unfortunate situation. You put him in a different market, and he is easily top ten player in the league. Yeah. Uh, at number two, I have Jason Tatum. I love his game. Unfortunately, he plays with a lot of group of guys who kind of do a lot of things with Boston, so he doesn't really have that room growth-wise as far as to be the, the star for it because he still has Kemba there. He's not the have, only star exactly, shining. Exactly, and you have Jalen Brown as well. And then at number one is an obvious choice, I think, for all of us and for myself is Luka. Yeah. Because if I start a team today, out of all these guys, I'm going with him, number one. Under 25 Absolutely. at least. Uh, under 25, yeah. This is just off no, the yeah. list. 
if I'm starting a team under 25, I'm going Luca. Yeah. All right. My top five, actually, it's the same exact uh, top five as Tyler. I'm honestly, I'm not surprised by this. Uh, just based off of doing the show together for over two years, almost three years now. Um, yeah, I mean, my top five is five, Ben Simmons, four, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, three, Jason Tatum, two, Zion Williamson, one, Luka Doncic, and Tyler really summed it all up. We, we're we on the same page as, uh, as far as this one goes. Yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons, not necessarily likable, but you got to respect the talent. Yeah, Porzingis, totally. Porzingis, I think, is just a transcending talent that's only going to get better from here on out. Tatum playing for Boston he's in a great scenario like like Jacob said he has he probably has the easiest job of all these guys yeah Zion and Luca are just kind of the future of the league they're phenoms phenoms and hey but but notable uh, I want to add to this list Giannis 25 yeah he could have easily made it yeah, Giannis is 25. Yeah. Embiid, I think, is 25. Jokic is another one. Uh, yeah, Jokic is 25. So, because I looked up a multiple list. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Siakam was another one. Yeah. So and then Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis just turned 27. Yeah. He was 26 at the start of the year. That is, he was 26 when we had this conversation last week. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, fuck, man. These, 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 these players are incredible talents. And I also would like to add, you got people like LaMelo Ball, Cole Anthony, Anthony Edwards, um, you know. James Wiseman. You James Wiseman. These type of guys, I think, would also be on the list if it wasn't for the NBA. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm, like, listen. I mean, I got I mean, I got to take Wiseman over John Collins. I got to take LaMelo over Lonzo. I got to take – I got to take uh, – uh, Anthony Edwards or Aaron Gordon. That's just the way it is. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, if you include college players in this, if you include players that are 25, uh, this list is completely different. Also, so the four guys that were on the list in ESPN that I didn't have, I didn't have Shea. I did not have Shea Gilgis, Alexander in my top 25. Oh, I put I didn't it in John- mine. I didn't have Jonathan Isaac. Nope. I didn't have Michael Porter Jr. The guy that I had at 25, though, without Levine. So, like, I made a list without Levine because he just turned 25. But uh, I added Levine in. But without Levine, my number 25, Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. No, Kuz is definitely up there and could have been on the list. It's Because he's 24, isn't he? Yeah, it's just yep. it's tough when he has such an up-and-down year. And you don't really know what you're going to get with him on a consistent basis. No, and, yeah, yeah. And this a night to night. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, if this was two years ago, I feel like I would have had him on my list. I'm pretty sure he was on our list two years yeah. ago, Tyler. No, I mean, I think he was on our list last year for sure. Yeah. Our RJ Barrett, um, he's he's surprising. I wouldn't have put, yeah, no, I couldn't put him on the list. I couldn't put someone like Cam Reddish on the list. No. Um, or I, another one was Colin Sexton, too. I couldn't put him on yeah. mine either. No, he was on my short list. But um, uh, R.J. Barrett, to me, is the guy that's going to make – he's going to average, like, 22 a game sophomore year like Donovan Mitchell. He could. He could. I think he's going to come in, I think he's gonna come into his own next year. Yeah. 
All right, you want to run your list back real quick, and we'll do, we'll do the same, and then we'll let you go. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, what are we starting from one? Yeah. Do you, this time go one to twenty-five. All right. For for one to twenty-five, under twenty-five, I got. I'm gonna go Luca, Zion, Jason Tatum, Porzingis, Ben Simmons. Then I'm gonna go Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, DeAndre Russell, then John Morant, Jamal Murray. Um, De'Aaron Fox, Zach Levine, Brandon Ingram. And then I got Jalen Brown, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, R.J. Barrett, or DeAndre Ayton, R.J. Barrett. And I got Jaron Jackson, Bam Adebayo, Miles Turner, Aaron Gordon, Lonzo Ball, John Collins. All right. And then Jacob, as he's turning his mic off and back on as he was uncrumpling his paper. Yeah, let me he, see if I can still read this. He had no idea I was going to do that. He literally crumpled <laughs> it was up in his the list. Tra- <laughs> it was in the trash. I said, oh, shit. Oh, you better wash your hands with this coronavirus. You're picking in the trash exactly. right now. Well, it was just emptied out. Okay. And I have my own hand sanitizer. Okay, perfect. So at number one, I have Luka Doncic. Two, Jason Tatum. Three, Devin Booker. Four, Trey Young. Five, Zion Williamson. Six, Kristaps Porzingis. Seven, Ben Simmons. Eight, Carl Anthony Towns. Nine, John Morant. Ten, Donovan Mitchell. Eleven, D'Angelo Russell. Twelve, De'Aaron Fox. Thirteen, Jamal Murray. Fourteen, Jalen Brown. Fifteen, Brandon Ingram. Sixteen, Zach Levine. Seventeen, DeMontis Sabonis. Eighteen, Aaron Gordon. Nineteen, Bam Adebayo. Twenty, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. 21, Lonzo Ball, 22, Jaron Jackson Jr., 23, Miles Turner, 24, John Collins, and last but not least, 25, Marvin Bagley. All right, for me, one through five, Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, Jason Tatum, Kristaps Porzingis, Ben Simmons, six through 10, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, Brandon Ingram, Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, 11 through 15, DeMontis Sabonis, Jalen Brown, John Morant, D'Angelo Russell, Zach Levine, 16 through 20, De'Aaron Fox, Jamal Murray, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jaron Jackson Jr., DeAndre Ayton, and then last but not least, 21 through 25, Bam Adebayo, Michael Porter Jr., Lonzo Ball, Miles Turner, and John Collins. All right. Uh, Tyler, you got any shout-outs before we get out of here, before we say goodbye? No, man. I mean, just shout-out Adam Silver. Yeah, best, uh, best uh, commissioner in sports. Oh, I want to give my shout-out to Mark Cuban. Again, do not really care for the guy that much. It's a little obnoxious for me, but I do appreciate what he's doing for all of the staff workers for uh, for the Mavericks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then I just want to say to everyone listening to stay safe, listen to the health experts and professionals. We at the TSK Show, we're going to keep doing episodes as long as we're allowed to. I know you might be thinking, well, with no sports, what are you going to talk about? Well, we'll keep you updated on news of when sports will return and all of that. But in the meantime, I think the next few weeks is the perfect time to do our rankings of the top players at each position in the NBA right now. And I have a feeling that uh, the longer this period of time goes without sports, the more top 10 like lists and hypothetical scenario debates we will do on the show If you want to hear us talk about specific topics or you have an idea for a top 10 list you want to hear from us, feel free to reach out to us on social media at the TSK show. And then I know next week, Tyler, we're going to do a quarterback carousel conversation where we can talk about uh, the open jobs that are still available uh, in terms of quarterbacks in the NFL. So with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date 
on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And like I said, if you have a specific topic, top 10 list, uh, debate you want us to have here on the show, please reach out to us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us as well at the Duker Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.